Hey guys, welcome to the Fit Town Show. This is Coach Andrew with Coach Austin and Coach Mel. And today we are talking about how you guys can have more perseverance in your life towards your big goals. And this is gonna be our focus for the next four weeks as we build up to the Murph workout, which is gonna be back on Memorial Day weekend this year, back on the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. And we feel like that workout really specifically encompasses this idea of perseverance and what we're trying to focus on and achieve over the next four weeks. So I'm gonna read you guys a quick definition of perseverance, which is steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success, or it's continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. What the heck does that mean? Why do we choose perseverance? <laughs> you know, I, th I think one of the big reasons we chose perseverance is as we get into these reasons or the four ways to implement perseverance, which we're going to cover in just a little bit, um, you're going to see a lot of tie-ins to two of the words that we've already used, which is confidence and patience, um, which I'm personally really excited about. And as we start getting them and putting them into certain workouts, you're going to see how they kind of build upon each other. Yeah, when we're... When we're meeting as coaches and we're talking about these words and, and why we're so behind them, it's really about giving everybody the opportunity to find ways they can persevere or find those moments in workouts and, and teaching them through workouts how to work with these character traits. And we built a lot of confidence in our athletes. We gave them a lot of ways to practice that self-confidence. We gave them a lot of ways to practice patience moving towards goals. Now we're really gonna hold them to it and they're gonna persevere mm -hmm. whether they have them or they don't. And they're gonna have to kind of fall back on those old traits that we have been teaching them to move through some of the stuff that we're about to go through like Murph. So um, I think it's it's all kind of a nice little crescendo that we're, we're going towards. Yeah, so let's go through the four main attributes that we're gonna be focused on. We'll talk about how we're gonna apply it specifically in some of our workouts. Um, but the first big one is knowing your why, knowing what your end result, um, where, where you, what it is you're working toward. We feel like this is such an important part of perseverance. And when we talked about it, one of the words that came up for us was grit. And we almost went with grit as the word because we felt like that really was applicable to this Murph workout and what we wanted to focus on for the next four weeks. But the difference in my mind, at least, between grit and perseverance was that Grit, you could do, you could grit through something and it could be hard just for the sake of it being hard. Whereas perseverance, it could be really hard, but you're persevering towards something. There's, there's an inherent moving towards something in that word that I believe there's, it, it could be just as tough as this grit, but you're working with an end goal in mind and you know why you're doing what you're doing, why you're taking on that pain. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I really resonate with that because I feel like even outside of the gym, there's so many examples of people who just have, they're just driven, you know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't, a lot of people think of people who persevere as just like very successful, very driven people. And, and what you don't see is behind, the, behind that person mm -hmm. of why they're doing what they're doing and they know why, and they're focused on that. So it doesn't matter what adversity comes their way they're laser focused on where they're going and, it, and they'll push through anything. So the grit, like you said, can just be, you know, the grind of, oh, this hurts, but I'm gonna push through pain. But that's not all perseverance is. It's, it's I literally can't get there from here. How do I get over this obstacle to get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, to put that in like a better example, is, is exactly what you were just saying is what I was thinking in my head. It's like when, when you're gritty, 
you know, you could have a, a huge shoulder injury that's keeping you from what you want to do, but you're going to do it anyways. Whereas perseverance, to get to the end goal, whatever that may be, or know your why, like, you're going to take a smarter, safer, like, more calculated avenue to get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, if grit is your word, it doesn't matter. You're just going to go straight line, the quickest way to get there. Um, and then once you do get there, it, who knows what's going to happen? Like, are, is your shoulder even connected to your body anymore? Like, meh, maybe not. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many things that you can just get into this environment and we we try to have an environment that is very purposeful is very intentional but it's easy to get in this environment and see people doing stuff around you and just to begin to chase that and not really being sure why you're chasing it you know you come in with the goal of weight loss and then you see someone doing a heavy clean and you're like i gotta get to that and and that's a great thing i love when people get these performance goals especially when they're coming from like just a pure weight loss mindset. But it's important to realize, okay, why do I want that? Is it because I think it's cool? And, and that's not a bad reason to, to, to like it. Um, but once maybe challenges come in, maybe you start to get a back injury, you start to get these nagging injuries, just realize where does that goal fit in and is it really something you wanna to continue to persevere for? Um, so it's really about doing some of the hard work up front behind the scenes, as you mentioned, Mel, so that way, when we get into those challenging times, we, we really have something to fall back into. Yeah, I, I think it's, especially as it relates to like weight loss, you know, knowing, oh, when someone comes to me in an intro or something and they tell me, you know, I just want to lose 25 pounds, or they say a number, it's like, what does that number mean? Does it mean the number on the scale? Is there something driving you towards, they, they, a lot of people don't want to admit their why, maybe it's just to look good naked. Maybe they're very insecure around their significant other. They, they used to feel sexy and now they feel embarrassed mm-hmm. and they want to shed that feeling. It doesn't have to be 25 is the number, but 25 gets them to the number they think they should be at because that's where they were when they felt sexy. Yeah. And so really digging into your why is so essential in this because if you don't know what's really motivating, it's going to be very easy to fall into those same patterns that got you to where you are now. And it's the same with the shoulder injury. Just chasing that goal means that you're grinding on something in your shoulder that's not going to get you where you want to go. That's going to set you back eventually from where you want to be. So knowing your why, putting in the work and and persevering is really where we want everyone to go. And and that why is the true motivation. It feels very easy when you can revisit your why. And we want you to revisit it often. We want you to look back at it and say, like, no, this is why I need to be here. This is why I need to be off blood pressure meds. You know, this is why I need to be, um, you know, handling my diabetes or whatever it is. It's, it's that thing that keeps you motivated to do the daily work. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of little micro decisions that go into reaching those goals and you need that. You know, I think you brought up the nutrition. It's such a great example. It's a million little things that you're choosing to pass on for this big goal and that can weigh a lot on you, those little decisions. But if you have a big why, those, they, all, they just like brush right off you. They're so easy to just make those decisions because you know what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, if a doctor tells you that this trajectory leads to you dying a death in five years, then your why would be very clear. I wanna live longer, you know? And it would be very easy to give up whatever, you know, or this illness is leading to this. But if you don't have that, you have to find your own why and you have to dig for it. So our number two aspect of perseverance is gonna be turning adversity into advantage. And for us, this really connected with one of our favorite books, The Obstacle is the Way, which is a book about 
stoicism and being able to really re reframe obstacles. So if we go back to the original definition that I brought up, it's, it's steadfast, steadfastness, I've already messed that word up three times, <laughs> in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So in order to have perseverance, you have to have difficulty or delay. You have to have some kind of opposition that's preventing you from getting to that. And in this case, you're actually starting to seek that opposition rather than be afraid of it or to um, feel like you even necessarily have to push through it. Yes, there's an element of pushing through it, but you're almost embracing it. You're almost getting excited for it. I think... Um one of my favorite examples of this, actually listening to both of your podcasts the other day with the kids group, um, how you guys have set up progressions for certain movements, like the rope climb in particular. I think that's a movement that a lot of people would say is, you know, challenging to them or uh, something that they're kind of uh, struggling to get because it is a skillful movement. You have to have a lot of skill um, and then bringing patience back into it. It takes a lot of patience to get a skill like that. But you've broken it down into these little steps, which we'll get to in a minute. But what it allows them to do is keep winning mm -hmm. as you go along. Um, so yes, it's an, it's an adversity to have to do a movement like a rope climb or to try to get a movement like a rope climb, but the advantage of doing it is as you're taking these little micro steps, you're just getting better and more prepared for the movement once you get there. And I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I, I can climb the rope, and we see this way more often than we should. They'll, they'll climb, and then they don't even know how to come down. Yeah. Like, that, that's a big thing. Like, that's why we don't allow people to climb up before they know how to come down. But it happens more often than you think. You climb to the top, like, I did it. And, and then what? You still have to come down. So, like, I love the progression of, you know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but can you hang for 10 seconds? Can you clamp and hold for 30 seconds? Can you let your hands go? Now can you go up one? Just having, having that little bit of um, adversity will push people to be um, excited about the little wins along the way. Um, and I like the kids as an, as an example because it's, it's almost easier for them to see it. You know, like I was talking to, to uh, someone the other day about watching my daughter learn to walk. It was really crazy. You know, she goes from can't roll over to roll over to crawling to standing and holding something to freestanding to walking. And we get mad when we can't do a rope climb. Like, what? <laughs> like, or, you know, we, we, were, we had to be 16 to drive. We, we were patient that whole process. We understood that there was progressions along the way, but now that we're adults, we, like, almost forget that and, are, like, are annoyed of the adversity that it gives. Yeah. Instead of being super stoked that you get to be bad at something and have the opportunity to get better at it. I see it a lot in, in like, gymnastic skills, especially of you know, like toes to bar, people are like, well, why can't I get better at this? Or why can't I do more of them? Or, you know, they get stuck in the kip swing from knees to chest, they're really good with it, but then they start throwing their legs up and it gets wonky. And I see people facing very little adversity, like you're saying, and crumbling, mm -hmm. instead of relying on the patience, instead of relying on the confidence that they have built. It's we have to we have to seek those obstacles and we have to seek failing at something to know what's next and if you don't see like oh it's because my grip's not strong enough and if you leave it at that you have no why behind what you're doing you're gonna not work on your grip and mm -hmm. you're gonna have the same result next time you know if if you're the athlete who comes in the gym and you're like you know i can't hang on to the bar and i tried chalk and i tried grips and i'm just you know i just can't hang on if you're not the person who is going and grabbing kettlebells and doing farmer's carries, 
and seeking more adversity in those ways to build your weaknesses into your strengths, you're not going to get better. You're just going to wait for those skills to come to you instead of seeking them. So either you don't have a strong why that's motivating you to do that work or you are crumbling under that adversity and you're not persevering. So determining which one that is and finding out which one you, you want to pursue is huge. Yeah, I see it a lot in single leg and single arm movements. I think it's one of the best ways for people to frame this and approach this in the gym is when you find that weaker arm or that weaker leg, get excited. Because that obstacle, that current obstacle is, oh my God, I have this weaker arm or weaker leg, is really your, it's, and it's an opportunity for you to get exponentially better at everything you do, whether it be one arm or, or two arms, right? Your bilateral movements, your, your double arm movements that you've been doing, you've been compensating. You just proved it to yourself that you've been compensating in some way, and you just found this massive weakness. And if you can get that better, you're gonna be that much better, that much less at risk of injury, um, that much able to perform better in the gym. And um, the example that really solidifies this for me, this idea of seeing adversity as a good thing, is I heard this recently, I don't know where I heard it, but um, basically somewhere they created this like biologically safe environment with like trees and plants and animals in a lab somewhere where it was just like this perfect um, biologically utopia diverse environment. And at first everything grew perfectly. They had these beautiful trees in there and then after a few years, these trees just fell over to the ground and died. And what they realized was that without wind, there was no reason for trees to grow strong roots, grow a strong foundation. And even though they looked good on the surface as they were, as they were building and growing up, they didn't have the foundation and they eventually died as a result of it. And I think that's such a good representation of what we're trying to do. When we don't have that resistance, we don't have something to push up against, we have no reason for growth. And I hope that that's an example that can get people excited about seeing resistance as opposed to now backing away from it. Yeah, the clear example for me when I think of this at first is like an injury, because everyone talks about being set back with something and oh, turn your setback into a comeback. And that's very motivating for people. But why wait until you're injured to do that? To, yeah. to, don't let injury find you and then redefine who you are. You know, you can also turn that type of adversity into, you know, an advantage. But why, why wait to have wind to make your roots, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think we had, we had talked about it on a different podcast, but you can kind of create, you can let resistance come to you or you can create it for yourself. You know, you can start to challenge yourself and build in some of the resistance and, and what people do by showing up to the gym regularly, challenging themselves in the workouts, they're, they're choosing to do that, right? There's no one forcing them to make that decision. That's a great way to build in that resistance. Now, in the micro, going that, taking that a step further, when you face things within the gym that are not those things that get you excited, that are not those things that um, you just immediately get confidence in and chase, you start to kind of shrivel when you, you know, have to do overhead squats or you have to do a D-ball clean or you have a day with lots of running and you're not a runner, those are now those micro decisions where can you then be excited to chase that thing? Yeah. I, I know this is kind of unrelated, but I had, I had a moment today where I reminded myself of a time where I was grittier and I persevered more. Um, I used to be really freaked out to use the wall ball targets and 
I, I would so not scary. <laughs> or the mezzanine. I wouldn't use them. I was like, like if it's I'm gonna fall only on a wall or... athlete. Like I would think it was gonna hit me and I would hit it in the wrong angle and it'd like come back in my face too quick and I what's the worst thing that could happen? It could hit me in the face. That's fine. But I wouldn't use them. I would never use them. I'd avoid them at all costs. I'd make sure I get my wall ball out before the workout even started and claim my space. And I just started telling myself, like, that's not who I am. Like, I'm going to use this wall ball target until I'm comfortable with it. Until I'm the person who says, when I show up at the gym, I'm the person who uses the wall ball target. Like, I don't know why I made that a thing. But today we had toes to bar and I was on the mezzanine spot and I have a freak out moment every time I jump up because I feel like I'm going to hit my fingers. And I was looking and shopping for rig spots and I was like, this isn't who I am. Like, I'm going to just use this and jump up and do the extra work to jump up and persevere over this. Like, perseverance brought it back into my mind of like, I did the same thing with the wall ball target. Like I was avoiding discomfort. I was, yeah. you know, this little bit of adversity was changing my pattern. And it, it's not anything that made me stronger or made me greater at something, but it's something that I felt was important for me to do mentally, if that makes sense. And like, those are the little moments that doing something like that, I feel like defines me when I go home and I feel it with my kids. And I don't want, I just want to give in and say, fine, we're going to get happy meals when they're just badgering me for happy meals. Mm -hmm. And it gives me that those moments of like, this isn't who I am, I'm gonna be stronger than yeah. this. Um, and I find like practicing it in here helps us outside. Yeah, awesome. Anything else on that one? All right, next one. So next one is breaking up big goals into small chunks. So we've started, we've already said you need a big why, you need a big goal. Now what you need to be able to do is to take this big goal and to break it up into small chunks. and really think that your your ability to persevere to keep moving forward when you're faced with challenge is your ability to look at what is the next right step for me what is the next small right step that i can take and it may not even feel like it's going to move you forward but it's a step it's something you know you can do that will potentially have a positive positive outcome towards this bigger goal and you just take that and you take it again and you take it again you know in the course of this murph workout that we're going to get to 600 reps you have to do not including the two miles of running that you have to do that's a lot of reps right and there's going to be a time in that workout for a lot of people where they start to doubt whether they can get through 600 reps and you just say well let me focus on the next three the next five whatever that is let me just do that and do that again and do that again and before you know it you're halfway done three quarters of the way done and eventually you will be done if you do that yeah i, I was going to bring up a workout example as well i, I think it's one of my favorite things to do at, for writing the workouts is creating a workout that face value looks ridiculous. Like the reps just look really silly, but then at the bottom, we'll just say like, you know, partition any way you want. And I, I like that because if it says, you know, do 200 wall balls, like, okay, doing 200 wall balls in a row is just ridiculous. And I would agree, like, that's really scary. And although I think we could all do it, it yeah. would just be a, a silly workout. Um, but Everyone can do 10 wall balls. Everyone can do two wall balls. Everyone can do five wall balls. Whatever your number is, you're given the opportunity to break it up to what you need to do to be able to keep moving forward. And I, I, lo I love those kind of workouts because one, you get that initial shock of like, I, I can't do 60 toe to bar. Like, okay, yeah. well, if you divide it by six, can you do 10 at a time? Well, yeah, okay, do six rounds of 10. And it kind of gives you um, a a better way to attack workouts one so it's a kind of a teaching lesson there but two it just 
to me, you can take that to the outside world as well. When there's yeah. something that's, you know, that you're dealing with, it's, it's, it's hard, whatever that may be. Take a step back. How can I break this down into to little bite-sized pieces that I can attack head on and then eventually get to where you're going in the first place? I love what you said, and I think oftentimes we kind of back our way into it by accident where we'll do a workout that isn't a big chunk. It's a really small chunk. It'll be like, you know, 15-minute AMRAP, five burpees, 10 kettlebell swings, and 15 sit-ups. And it's only five burpees at a time. And then once you do the math, people get through like 13 <laughs> rounds, and they're like, oh, my God, I just did 80 burpees or whatever the, the math is. Yet if we would have wrote 80 on the board, they would have been like, oh, I can never do 80. Yeah. And they just did it without even thinking twice. And they, weren't even, they never really were that hard, actually, because they only did five at a time. And I love when you, you almost back your way into those numbers just because people don't stop moving and it's never a big, scary number. Yeah, we, we had a workout like that in BeachFit that no one stopped talking about. With like, it was like 120 push-ups if you totaled it all up. And I swear I've never heard more people say the total number of anything <laughs> in our gym ever than they're like, can you believe we did 120 push-ups last week? It was, and everybody had counted by the end of it, but everyone showed up because we tricked them into it by calling it 10 to one or something. Yeah. <laughs> like however many they did over the oh, course. Oh, it was the 15 of, to one. The 15 to one, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, but everyone knew what the total was when they came back to the gym. I think like a huge, a huge one that you wouldn't necessarily think of, even though it says bite-sized chunks, is like nutrition. It's so hard for you or anyone, or especially me, to get to an end goal without breaking it up in, in the realm of nutrition. Like, it's really, it's designed to fail if you don't focus on the small details of, you know, if you're trying to track your macros and you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna need to do this for three to six months to see this result that I want. Mm -hmm. Today matters, this meal matters, this snack matters. And those little things, if you, don't, if you don't say like, look, my goal today is just to track all of my meals and then celebrate that win and build a little momentum and then the next chunk is tomorrow or the next chunk is breakfast, then the next chunk is lunch. You know, whatever chunk you need to make it into, whatever stage of it you need to break it up into, that's what's gonna build your momentum into, okay, I tracked this whole week, all right, I tracked this whole month, and now you can start seeing that progress, because that's the slowest moving, you know, more so than any other skill, I'd say, that a lot of people need to break it up into stuff. It's funny when, um, a couple years ago when I was purposely trying to gain weight, I had to break it up in two ways. One, I know everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> One was daily, like, I, I don't think everyone should do this, but I weighed myself every day. And then two was at the end of the day, if I hit said goals of calories, I would make a red X in this like notebook I had, like a calendar notebook. And then at the end of the week, I would take the, the average of my weights and put that number. But yeah. so it was a daily thing for me, but it was also a weekly thing for me. And I just knew if I could stay consistent on that, I would get to where I wanted to go. But I think a lot of people try to get to, they look at the end point too fast and then try to just, you know, you know, one day's hard and they're like, oh, I'm never gonna make it to that. It's like, well, if you wouldn't have stopped when you stopped, you know, you might've been like three months away. Like yeah. who knows how quick it actually could have happened, but you gave up on day like five. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's so hard. Like, of course it's hard. Like, it's not easy. And you can flip that to losing weight. It's, it's the same thing. It's, it's not easy, but um, break it up to the day or the week or whatever, whatever little amount 
makes it the easiest for you is what I would recommend. I love this mindset of I I can give up in the future, but I'm not going to give up now. Yeah. So like I could quit this workout when we get to 15 minutes, but we're 10 minutes in and I'm not going to quit right now. And then when you get to 15 minutes, you're like, all right, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going. And I think that's a really good mindset to have with nutrition is like, yeah, I could have this dessert that I want. It's not completely off limits, but I, I'm not going to have it today. And I'm going to choose to make a good decision today. And I think that when you look at really good, um, so we've been talking about workouts where it's, it has the ability to be broken up into small chunks. I think you can do it mentally with workouts that really can't be broken up. So a marathon, a 5,000 meter row, the best athletes that I've seen, they talk about the actual chunks that they're breaking it up into in their head and these checkpoints that they have along the way. So an example would be our mile run at the gym. Okay, maybe that mile run is kind of scary for you. It's like, all right, I just got to get to the corner. I just got to get to shipwreck. Then I just got to get to Oceana or right behind the gym. And then I just got to get to the Chevron. And then I just got to get to within a few hundred feet because at that point I'll be able to see the gym and I'll be able to finish. And, and Bridge Road doesn't exist. Yeah, Bridge Road doesn't exist. <laughs> you just oh. turn your mind off on Bridge Road. <laughs> Something about that road. That road. <laughs> it's a little bit harder. It's, just, it's so steep straight, but scary, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I... I I've seen that with, especially on the row, the row is so tough because you're just there, your feet are strapped in and you feel like, okay, it's just yeah. me and this rower. And if you look at it as a 2K row or a 5K row, it can be one of the most overwhelming events or workouts that you have to do. And very often the people that do well are like, yeah, I was just focused on getting to 500 meters and then 750 and then a thousand. And then eventually I got close enough where I could see the finish line and I got a little boost to go hard at the end. Actually on a 2K row, so to give everyone a frame of reference, a 2,000 meter row is our sprint race, our short race. We have like 5Ks and then we have 2Ks. Compared to? <laughs> That's a long row for me. She's talking about real rowers that do this in college. In the water, <laughs> on the boat. Um, so when we do a 2K row, we go as much to break it up into what we call power 10s. <clears throat> so you start with a startup 10 strokes, then you do a heavy set of 10 hard strokes, and then you ease for 10 into your race pace. Like everything's broken up into 10 stroke intervals. And what 10 strokes really does in the boat is it buys you about 100 meters. So you're not thinking about the overall meters, you're thinking about counting 10 strokes. And by the end of 10, you're through almost 100 meters. 10 harder strokes, you're saying? Yeah, and you're about, you're about 100 meters further than you were and you realize where you're at on the rower and you're like okay i made it through 100 meters i'm going to ease back into this race pace this good set pace that i have for myself and then at the 500 meter mark you take another 10. like every time there's a there's a 10 hard strokes and you're not thinking about anything else but making it through those 10 strokes so like even if it's just that 10 wall balls you know or even if it's making it to the corner like that your mind's only going on this one thing and it's not the overall bigger picture it's on this one portion mm -hmm. and making it past that and then reassessing okay i I'm, I'm okay i'm still alive i went through this adversity and now i can still move forward that's cool and i think even when you're done with those 10 strokes and you get into the you know you're 300 meters into the next 500 even though you know you almost don't want to get to the next 500 because you know it's earning you the next 10 hard strokes. <laughs> There's something about that that actually almost, I could see it making it easier in your mind because you're like, well, I only have 150 meters. 
until this next stage. Mm -hmm. And then it's only 10, you know, it's going to be a tough 10, but it's only 10. But then if you look at it, you can also look at it in other ways of like, oh, I only do it at the 500, the 1,000, the 1,500, and then I'm done. Yeah. It's only so it's times. like, oh, I only have three sets of this, and then it's over. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel so big anymore. And I remember I trained for a half marathon with my friend Jen, and I was like, I hate running. I don't like running. I am not a runner. Like All these things that we tell ourselves, and off the couch, running a mile running two miles, running three miles. I got to the point where I ran with Tony and Jen one time for 10 whole miles and I was like, who am I? I don't know who I am anymore because this was fun and how does this work, you know? And like, all I was doing was doing that, breaking it up into chunks. I'd run three miles at a time here, two miles at a time here, and adding up all those miles and going for the big ones didn't feel hard at all. Yeah, I'd really love for people to apply this one outside the gym they they know what that feeling is in a workout where it's it's tough you feel like you can't continue forward you feel like you're never going to finish we've all felt that in some variation in a workout and then that can show up in life you know your house is a mess you're like i don't want to clean anything it just My looks like a disaster never, <laughs> <laughs> you know work is overwhelming something with the kids is overwhelming your schedule is overwhelming and that same feeling is there of like you know, there's nowhere to go. And if you can apply that same feeling of, I just do the next rep, whatever that next rep is in your mind, you eventually sort things out. You eventually find a way out. So For I, me, it's always dishes. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't start with dishes, I ain't starting. <laughs> just do the dishes and then it, the laundry will do itself. That's a that's like a deep philosophy right there. Just, just always the dishes. dishes. Yeah. Well, there is what that. if you don't have any dishes to do? What if the sink's clean? <laughs> Then life's fine. Okay. No, there, just, there just, is yeah, that everybody. adage though of like making your bed right when you get up. Yeah. It's that first thing. It's doing that first thing that's going to set your tone. You know, it's the same thing. It's doing the dishes or doing the laundry or, or when, when there's 100 tasks to take on at work, making your to-do list yeah. of those 100 things could be that first thing where you just prioritize it all and then you can check one off and it just builds that momentum. Cool. The last one we have for perseverance is realizing how far you've come. And this one was important to us because we see so many people that give up on something when they're actually a lot closer to that end goal that they set themselves for than they ever realize. And when they have the ability to look back at how far they've come in this journey, it can show them that they may not know how close they are to the goal at that point, but it can show them that the work they've put in thus far has been worth the effort and they have made progress. And that can be that little extra boost that allows you to persevere just that much further. So I have a really funny story on this about looking back. Um, I, uh, the other day we were snatching in class and um, I had like an okay snatch, but I was still like a little disappointed about like how it felt. Just because, like, I know, like, numbers that I've hit in the past, and I was just, you know, being the whiner. But I was thinking about that, and then uh, later that night, I was talking to Danielle about before she drugged me into the gym, I <laughs> watched a video on YouTube, How to Snatch, and I went to, like, a normal gym that, like, didn't do that. And I remember failing with, like, 75 pounds or something. Like, I, I just couldn't get it overhead, and I'm like, oh. That's a really hard movement. <laughs> and then, like, fast forward, like, however many years, like, I'm in here mad that I have, like, 
200 pounds over my head and it like wasn't the right 200 pounds like it's so silly to think like you know if I would have hit that like however many years ago that would have been insane and now that I'm like not hitting the same number I'm expecting I'm like semi upset about it I would love to see video of you trying to do so there is a video I'm trying to find of when I hit a PR snatch and it's like a side angle and I'm actually at the back of the frame, but when the lift ends, you can't see me because I ran so far one way <laughs> to get the barbell overhead. <laughs> I'll try to find it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty funny, though. When you, when you look at things in this environment and who you're surrounded by, it can make you feel like you're not that good at stuff. If you were to just think about the concept of snatching like in the real world, like, <laughs> to be able to take 200 pounds from the ground and Throw put it overhead and do a full overhead spot with it is incredible. Right? Anywhere near that weight is incredible. To do that with 75 pounds, 100 pounds is incredible. Like You are as strong as you need to be to do a lot of really amazing things in life. And you're, getting discour- you know, you're, yeah. you're possibly getting discouraged by the fact that you can't do five pounds more on that. Yeah. Explain it to my mom. She'll make you feel like a hero. She's like, you did what? <laughs> How much is on that bar? I'm like, don't worry about it, mom. It's light. It's fine. Light work, mom. <laughs> We should hire her. Just put her by the front door. <laughs> That's not her real voice, by the way. <laughs> if you're watching, Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just all day. You did what? <laughs> Every time they walk out. Yeah, I, I feel like this this shift into realizing how far you come is really like the people who do this the best and who persevere the most through this are, aren't necessarily the people who are like, super confident and celebrating themselves all the time, which I feel like that's what people think mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I feel like it's the people who would just enjoy the process. They're a lot more process focused than outcome focused. Yeah. Um, they're the people who don't beat themselves up when their toes don't hit the bar, but when their toes are coming closer, they realize it. They're like, oh, but it felt so much better today. Like yeah. I knew, I know that I'm on that path of almost getting there. Yeah. Like they don't have to get there to, to celebrate their progress or feel it and, and know that they're still on this trajectory towards the goal. And I think that the pitfall is when people are like, yeah, I, I almost got it, but I just can't get there. You know, and their mindset is, is wired towards the I didn't or I can't. And I think that's where you know, we're trying to give you those opportunities to not be able to, so you can persevere. And that's gonna be difficult for a lot of the athletes that when we put them in these environments, you know, you may not succeed and you're going to have to find a way or, or rely on your why, you know, fall back on these things that we're trying to teach you to get to where you wanna go. I think that's a, such an awesome insight because often one of the things you'll hear when people achieve big goals a lot of times they're like is this it Mm -hmm. you know is this all there is because they were expecting some amazing thing and the flip side of that is if you can enjoy the journey then it can be it all the time you don't have to wait for that end result and potentially be disappointed by the end result not being that magical because you're just going to then set the next goal and the next goal after that you're going to always keep pursuing something or at least you should if you want to be happy and fulfilled but if you can start to see some progress and get excited by that, then you will persevere more and you get to enjoy the process along the way. You get to feel like you're already living that result even though the result isn't there yet. I think the coolest thing also is when you finally reach said goal, whatever the goal is, all the time that it took to get there 
doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it took you five years to get Toe to Bar. When you finally get Toe to Bar, like, it, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah, we had a bunch of those last week. A that lot was really of them. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you want to add to that, Mel? Yeah, I just think, I, I think that, you know, having that, that focus and that love for the process, it just makes, it makes everything in your life easier. It, it makes, you know, like you were saying, the example of like driving, you know, how many times did we go out in the, like, oh, you go to the store, but you can't go on the highway, you know, and you're like, you just want to go on the highway. You just want to like, let the gas pedal fly. <laughs> like we didn't enjoy the freedoms that we were having in the moment, you know, because it's something very small and something very mundane, just like it putting in the work in the gym. But if you start falling in love with like, you know, oh, I'm nerding out on my stroke on the rower. I'm nerding out on, you know, how far back I can get behind the, the bar in my kip swing, those kinds of things. It, you don't get to the top of a muscle up and then go, okay, now what? So how I see this applying in workouts really well is we talked about a lot in our pacing podcast that Tony and I shot a few podcasts ago, which is the most difficult part of any workout is most often going to be from about 70% into a workout to about 90% into a workout. Right, so if you're doing a 20 minute AMRAP, it's gonna be from minutes 14 to about 18 and a half of that workout because you're, you're far enough into that workout where it hurts a lot, um, but you're not that close to the finish line where you can really feel like you're there, and, but you're more than halfway done. So that's where this is so important to be able to look back and see how far you've come is that I've already accomplished this much. I'm already 14 minutes in, I've already done the majority of the work and some, and I just gotta keep moving. You go back to that other point, which is then breaking it up into bite-sized chunks so you can keep moving. But I think taking that split second to look and say, you know what, I am most of the way in, celebrate that and then keep moving forward is, is huge. Everybody's been in round five of a seven round <laughs> workout and like, I might, I might vomit <laughs> in front of someone or I can just maintain for this round and then keep you know what I mean? Like no one will know if I do six. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that's the mentally tough part, though. It's like, yeah. can I push right now, or can I hang on right now and not decrease my reps, or you know, work less in this round because I know where I'm at? That's really hard. Um, I think, I think that's where we struggled most of like that word grit versus perse perseverance because there is that element of like that mental toughness that you need in those moments to say like, I've done this before, I can do it again, and I'm not, I'm not as weak as I'm feeling in this moment, you know? Yeah. And having that wherewithal of, okay, I know I can hang on right now, and then when it's round seven, I can really turn it on. Because in round seven, it's pretty much easy for anybody to go like, oh, we're almost done, now I, I'm gonna yeah. have rest afterwards, I can get four more burpees this round. <laughs> but getting those four in round, five of seven is definitely not going to happen for most athletes. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up there. That's perseverance. Hope you guys enjoy it and hope you guys find many opportunities to apply this over the next four weeks. We will see you on the next one.